The light of the world has come. Emmanuel, the word itself, the name itself means God with us. You know, Ben's testimony brings to reality some of the things that are going on in our world. I want to read a scripture, and this is the only scripture I'm really going to look at today, is in John chapter 16, verse 33. And it says this, These things that I I have spoken to you, Jesus is speaking, and he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulations, but take courage, or have confidence, or take heart. I have overcome the world. What Ben was really sharing in his testimony really is an example of what it's like to be in the battle when we live in these two realms as Christians. The first realm is that in-me realm, in-Christ realm that we live in. The other realm that we live in is the world. We live still in the world. And it's a battle that rages continually. Oh, it'd be nice if it stopped. But it's not going to until Jesus returns. So we know that for certain, that we're going to be in this battle. But for Christians, there is an offer of peace in the midst of the battle. That's what Ben's talking about. He find the, found that place of peace. And that's what this video that we just listened to and watched was proclaiming the answer for us, the Prince of Peace, the light of the world has come, Emmanuel, God with us, has come. When you look at that verse, uh, go ahead and put the slide up. I think it's the one that's got John 16.33, two different ways. And I wanted to just show you it in the message because the message elaborates on it a little bit. It says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, that's the in-me world, you will be unshakable, you will be assured And you will be deeply at peace. In the world, you have this godlessness. In this godless world, you will continue to experience your difficulties. The in the world realm. But take heart. I have conquered the world. When you look at that verse, and I'm going to just briefly look at it in three pieces. The first part where it says that you may have peace. The in-me world. Notice the way it is written. Wouldn't it be nice if it was a guarantee or a promise even that you will have peace? Notice how he says it. That in me you may have peace. And it's interesting, if you look at the context of this Scripture, Jesus has just finished having the Last Supper. And this is the end of this discourse, this wonderful climatic end of this discourse. And he's saying these words to his disciples while at this very same moment, Judas is betraying him. Judas has already left the table. He's gone to do what he was going to do. And Jesus is still at peace, and he's so filled with peace, he's offering that peace to the disciples and to the world. It's so ironic that within the next 24 hours, Jesus knew that he was going to be arrested. He was going to be totally forsaken. 
He was going to be rejected by men. Even his followers were going to abandon him. He knew that he was going to be mocked, spit upon, humiliated, beaten, and crucified on a cross. The realm of the world. And yet he had peace. And even while he knows that's coming in the next 24 hours, he is telling them, I have conquered the world. You may have peace. He's offering peace. And as I said, he didn't promise it. He didn't guarantee it. But he made it possible that we may have peace. There's an offer of peace for every single one of us that are Christians. That's the key first of all. This offer is for Christians, for the children of God. It's not for everybody. It's available to everybody. But unless you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will never experience this peace. It's exactly like Ben said. We are all created with a hole in our heart that only God can fit. We try filling that place of need with so many things. Getting into our own strength. As Ben said, making ourselves our own God and thinking we can figure it out. We can't. And there's more than likely, with pure percentages and numbers, I can pretty well say with certainty, there are some people in this room right now that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You've never, ever acknowledged the need for Christ. Maybe someday, maybe you're relying on religion, maybe you're relying on good works. None of that cuts it. The Bible is so clear. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus, except through what he did on the cross. So this morning, the first thing you need to understand and to know is there is a gift of salvation available for everybody. Everybody. It's like like Jesus' hands are continually extended towards us and the Holy Spirit's working in our hearts to reach out and just receive that gift. But the world and our own intellect convinces us that maybe the trade isn't worth it. It's got to have strings attached. There are no strings attached. It's a free gift. Given freely. We need to receive it freely. And we receive it simply by acknowledging our sin and needing a Savior knowing that we are separated from God because of sin. And the consequence of sin was death, and Jesus took the consequence of my sin and your sin and Ben's sin, and he went to the cross, paid the price with his own blood, and God the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, raised him from the dead. When you receive that gift and you acknowledge that personally, this offer that Jesus is making to the disciples that last night as they're getting ready to leave the Last Supper and they're ready to head to the garden, where all hell is truly, literally going to break loose against him, he says, peace. I offer you peace. I hope and pray this morning that no one leaves here without receiving the gift of salvation. That we might find yourself in a place where that offer of peace can be yours in a world that's spinning out of control. Out of control. And you look around and you can get so filled with fear and anxiety and worry and all of that garbage, and we don't have to. We're not going to live in a fairy tale land and pretend and put our head in the sand and pretend it's not going on. No, but it's not going to steal your peace, your joy, your hope. It's in you by the Holy Spirit. It's been shared in Galatians 5. 
It's there for us. There is no other, truly, there is no other way to peace with God except through Jesus. That's it. And God, Jesus is saying to the disciples, I offer it to you. And then, sadly, bad news for us, in that very verse, it's like there is a but, but this one comes with a guarantee. This one has a promise. There's an offer of peace, but there's a promise of tribulation. We are going to be in a war. A spiritual war. We are going to continue to live in that realm. There's nothing we can do about it till we go home to the Lord or He comes back. And He says, I guarantee you're going to live in tribulation. It's just a matter of how. There is going to be persecution. There is going to be temptation. And there are going to be all kinds of other things that are a common result of living in a world that's still under the influence of Satan. He's still the prince of this air for the unsaved world. We're promised to struggle, but Jesus says, don't worry, there's peace in me. You know, we need to look at it as Ben's testimony and life exhibits. Every day there's ground for us to conquer through Christ. He wants to take us further and further and further. And as we conquer ground, it's like any battle. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be all kinds of things coming against us. And we need to understand and know our, our flesh is, is a tough enough enemy, but we also have Satan. And as Ben said, you know, we always talk about God has a plan. God has a destiny. And I believe that wholeheartedly, and you hear me say that often. But so does Satan. Just as Ben said, he's got a plan. And it's a sneaky, conniving plan filled with snares and traps. He is no gentleman. But if we keep our eyes focused on Christ... His plan. The enemy can't touch us as children of God. He has no authority in our lives. We will have tribulation. And then he finishes that verse by saying, take courage. Different translations say it a little differently. Where he says, you know, in the world you have translation, uh, tribulations, but take courage. Some say take hope. Some take, say have confidence. Some simply say take heart. What he's saying is we can have a confidence. We have a certain hope. We don't have a hope like the world. It's not like we have a wish list. We have a certain hope that we can be totally confident in no matter what tribulation you're going through. And that certain hope is Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on the cross. My sins are forgiven. Your sins, if you're saved, are forgiven. Past, present, future, dealt with. You do not need to worry about your salvation. But you know what? The reason it's an offer of peace is you can be a Christian and not live in that kind of peace. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and not live in that kind of peace. This week I heard an interesting uh, message on the radio and I'm going to just paraphrase some of it, but it was a great picture for me and I think for all of us. It says, as a Christian, it's like we're driving our car and we invite Jesus into the car. He's now with us. He's with us. Isn't that awesome? We're saved, and it is awesome. He's with us. But so often, He's still in the back seat. He's in the back seat. We don't even get to know Him very well back there. But eventually, we hopefully invite Him to the front seat. And now there's a little more intimacy. We start to get to know Him a little better. And most of you are probably guessing where I'm going with this, but you know what? It's not going to end there. 
Most of us let him ride in the passenger seat, but, you know, I, I'm still pretty doggone good at what I do. I'm still pretty smart. I'm still this. I'm still that. I'm so full of lies about myself that, Jesus, you just sit over there. I'll take care of things. Well, the obvious place we want to put him is where? In the driver's seat. But there are many times we, even as we put him in the driver's seat, we jump in the back seat and still try to drive from there. Backseat drivers. I know how annoying they are to me. I can only imagine how annoying I get to God, even though he loves me. We need to just surrender our life so we can receive this offer of peace that comes at such a great price. His son had to die that I might have peace. And he says, take courage. Have confidence. I have overcome the world. He met the price. Death. But death couldn't hold him. You know, when you look at this and you think about this, you've got to understand that that Jesus, looking at this situation, knew that one of those 12 at this very moment was out there betraying him, selling, selling Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I hope that's not what we sell him for. I hope we don't sell him at all. But he knew Judas was doing that at this very moment. We see the religious authorities coming against him, trying to steal his peace. All of the religious Pharisees, all of those that were betraying him, denying him. But he didn't let them steal his peace. They abandoned him left and right, but he didn't steal his peace. The crowd chanting, crucify him. The soldiers beating him, whipping him, nailing him to a cross. Couldn't steal his peace. Talk about tribulation. Talk about trials. Even death and the grave couldn't steal his peace. And he was raised from the dead. Victorious. You know, to the world to the demonic realm, when Jesus was being nailed to that cross, he didn't look like a conqueror, but that's what he was. He went to the cross, a victorious conqueror, in the midst of the most horrible tribulation and trial that we can understand. When I think about what he went through, comparing it to what I went through, or you went through, or what you're going through, it causes it to really pale. And in that, we can have perfect peace. And that Jesus says, I have conquered the world. And one of the keys that you can certainly hear in Ben's testimony to walking in that peace is simply total surrender. Ben talks about the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead our lives. One of the hardest things for a prideful human being, and we're all prideful human beings, to do is to surrender. We get so full of ourselves because God's gifts are so amazing. His talents that he's given you are so amazing. You have amazing abilities in and of your own strength. But we need to remember and realize they're nothing but gifts from him. And we need to surrender all of that to him. And when we do, we find that peace. You know that song, I just love that song. The world waits for a miracle. Most of the world's waiting for their own miracle. They're waiting for that kind of healing, that kind of peace, that kind of joy, to have hope once again. The world's waiting 
for a miracle. I think the second line was something like, the, the, the heart looks or longs for a little bit of help. The world's hurting. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm here. I'm all the help you'll ever need. The light of the world has come. The message of Christmas really needs to be Emmanuel. God with us. And that he came to lay down his life for us. And because of that, I don't care how good the gifts are under your Christmas tree, there is nothing like this one. Nothing like it. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I pray as your Holy Spirit searches the hearts and minds of each one of us here, God, you would prepare even the hardest heart, the most skeptical heart, the heart with the most pain, that you would speak to each heart. Draw them to yourself. God, I pray that there would be no one here leaving today that would not accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, the peace of God which passes all understanding, the hope that is eternal that we have as as Christians. God, and I pray that as we go through the holiday season, we would take the opportunities to share the hope that's within us, to share the love that's within us, to share the light of Christ that's in us, that you would be glorified. 